Chelsea. HD3 Detroit. KJHQ. HD3 Seattle. WBMX. HD3 Boston. And on AOL Radio. And Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What do you do if you're a parent and you find out that your son or daughter is a witch? What if you're a young person and find out that your parents belong to a bizarre cult that sacrifices animals? How do you deal with what every family has to deal with at some time, the death of a family member? Hey, and welcome to the 227th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and opening the show with those thoughtful comments was my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. As we prepared for this show about the paranormal and the family, something happened in our own family. On March 16th, my mother, Ben's grandmother, suddenly passed, or as we call it in multiverse living, was translated at the age of 95. Yeah, we've always... We're always being asked to advise listeners when they lose loved ones. Like, oh, can I? Where can I get a seance? Who should I get a seance from? Yeah, right. It's like they only listen to one show and then decide to email us immediately after. Okay, so many have written to express their sympathy, which we appreciate very, very much. It means a lot. Thank mm-hmm. you to everybody. So, uh, but you may also have been asking, well, now the shoe is on the other foot. How is our family going to deal with the loss, or how are we dealing with the loss so far? Well, it's a good question. Uh, As with all the suggestions Ben and I will make on family matters during this show this evening, uh, for what you feel they may be worth, uh, they are far better put into practice earlier than later in the life of your family. So to answer the question about how, how we're dealing with this, I guess it requires a little bit of background on our belief system. Now, the most basic of um, the advice we give, and and it's also the basis of our own belief system, is what you might call multiverse thinking or even multiverse living. It's a way of thinking and living that stands behind everything from the most ancient human spiritualities to the frontiers of modern quantum physics. It's simply the realization that what we see, hear, touch, taste, and feel around us is just a nano-speck of reality. It's the realization that our universe is just one in a stupendous, interactive dance of multiple universes where you already carry on many simultaneous and sometimes very different lives. It's the realization that all these lives, even though you're aware of most of them only in your subconscious, are intimate parts of you, your memories, talents, imagination, fears, wisdom, stupidity, even your instincts, come from the vast, even infinite experience of all these parallel lives. You are a super personality, a colossus straddling a multiverse in which you are already living every possible life in every possible way over many, many, many real physical worlds, not spirit worlds. Such a stupid term. Uh, in a way, it's like standing in a hall of mirrors without boundaries. We reflect in thousands of mirrors, but we usually see ourselves in only one or two mirrors at a time. That's the way our limited Western thinking teaches us to look at the world. And we wonder why we feel so angry and so incomplete. Now, the trick is to find out where the real you, as it were, stands in that hall of mirrors. 
And you do that only by taking in every image in every mirror, realizing that you can get a full picture of yourself only by doing this. Not easy. It's then that you begin to see the true key to life. You see that you aren't alone in that hall, that your image blends in a unique way with the images of all the rest of us. And that's when the greatest revelation comes. It's not about you. It's about all of us. This broadens your vision, uplifts the mind and the soul, and in a self-centered society where nobody psychologically or spiritually seems to get any older than 12, it shows that it's not okay to live your life as though you were a barnyard animal. And that realization has to start with your family. So, from their multiverse perspective then, how are the Enos dealing with the death of a loved one? Well, my grandma's name is Bernice, or, and here, she was 95 years old. She lived in a nursing home not far away from us, and my dad saw her almost every day, and her heart was in really bad shape. So she wasn't really ill. She didn't endure a long illness, but we knew that the heart was very bad, and that, you know, what could happen, happened. Anyway, mid-morning on Wednesday, March 16th, uh, I got a call from the nursing home that my mother's chest pains were so bad that she was asking to be taken to the hospital. Very unusual for her. I got to the hospital before the ambulance did, only to find that she had died on the way. The staff members, of course, were, were wonderful, and as I waited for the priest to come, I was able to spend quite some time alone with my mom. This is a very important and special thing to do whenever possible. Don't hide from the body. See, our messed up society is very good at hiding death from us. We don't see it unless it's on TV, and it's very, very far away and unreal when primitive, primitive quote-unquote, societies dealt with death every day. So if you really want to put this in perspective, the Orthodox Christians at wakes, we tend to kiss the corpse rather than just sort of walk by. and People are horrified by this. Yeah. You know, and it's ludicrous. I mean, I mean, there is a certain kind of closure and relationship here. The the, the body is seen as an image, an icon, if you will, of um, what is what is holy. Yes. But anyway, but dealing with bodily death head on like this is very important, and that's because it's the best way to see that death isn't real. It's fake. It's the greatest lie ever foisted on human beings. Because we are super personalities, we cannot die, not even physically, because we are always alive all around the multiverse, and it's all us. Well, when I realized this, I, it was a few years ago, and I was, thinking about, I was thinking about it during Easter Vigil, and I was just like, you know what? Because the Orthodox, they do this thing, it's called the, um, what is it, the Sermon of St. John Chrysostom. Yeah. And he says something to the effect of, Oh, oh, where is death? Oh, hell, where is thy sting? Because Jesus... From Corinthians, Yes. Jesus went down and destroyed death. So I came to the conclusion, you know what? Death doesn't exist, and neither does hell. Yeah, so, I mean, the Christians put it one way. I mean, we don't espouse any... uh, We don't preach any particular point of view or belief system here except multiverse thinking, which embraces... Yeah, and you can see it in in all religious or non-religious beliefs, all spiritual beliefs. They're all reflected in multiverse thinking, really, and it kind of brings it all together, in our opinion. Uh, But our particular experience uh, is that of the Eastern Christian thinking, which is kind of rare and kind of unusual. And I think that that's just one way to express it's the best kept secret of Christianity. It is, boy. Boy, boy, you're you're an evangelist tonight. (laughs) I try. All right. Well, anyway, um, so. As we were saying, when you were alone with the remnant 
of someone who has translated, as we say, from this particular speck of the multiverse, it can be a very deep experience. Now, I don't mean at some wake or viewing with a hundred people milling around in the body all trussed up and dressed up as if it never died. It, it was really kind of weird, actually. Um, I, I've never, I've never been a, a big fan of Western funeral practices. I mean, with all due respect to those who uh, are professional and, and try to deal with people who are grieving uh, by means of the funeral home, um, but I mean alone and quiet, just with your loved one. Now, I've had this privilege several times in the course of a long pastoral and military career. I know that's a funny combination, but this was uh, only the second time with a very close loved one. The first realization is that the person is not there. It's the first thing that strikes me when I walk into the, the room. This is a fallen leaf, a chrysalis, if you will. Now, this is very much in line with the spiritualist point of view, huh, Ben? Yeah. Uh, that we are forever criticizing on this show as not good enough. The spirit is flown. The body, which is only the vessel of the spirit, is lifeless. That, that's something pretty much everybody agrees on, I suppose, and uh, the spiritualist point of view takes it from there to the whole ghost, medium, psychic thing. Right. Now, but that's not how we see it in the multiverse life. In the multiverse, everything from world to world to world is intimately a part of everything else, undivorceable. Just as a body cannot be complete as a human being, neither can a disembodied soul or spirit or life force or whatever you want to call it. We're always saying that on the show. We're constantly getting into arguments with some guests about it. This particular leaf of my mother's super life had fallen from the tree. Yes, but, and here's the thing, in the multiverse, she is the whole tree, with countless numbers of other leaves continuing to live and prosper across the multiverse. In spending time with her fallen leaf in this particular consciousness, I became vividly, vividly aware that her powerful, vibrant life, and she was a amazing, she is an amazingly powerful person uh, as far as life force is concerned. This continued stronger than ever all around me in this multiversal tree. And this was far more real to me than what was going on in the hospital emergency room just a few feet away. Now, this isn't to say that I'm not grieving and that you shouldn't do so. Uh, that would be inhuman. Of course we grieve. Uh, quiet tears come. All the joys, sorrows, and memories of a very long life come back. But the grief is clearly the kind one feels, at least for us, when leaving a beloved home or even a friend behind, realizing that these continue, but will be physically separated from us, at least on that level, not to be seen again for a very long time. Now, I felt a very basic uh, form of my mother's presence with me vividly for several hours, clearly reassuring me that all was as it should be. I appreciated that. It seemed obvious to me that her consciousness now is active in a parallel life whose, uh, where her body is younger, healthy, and where the laws of physics make her and others in that world very aware of our lives, uh, their lives, and their loved ones in other worlds, including here. This is reality at its best. And here's the key. My continuing relationship with her is based not on some remnant of her remaining present to me in this conscious world. It's based on the vivid realization of my and my family's presence with her in many parallel worlds. One in particular where both Ben and I are clearly aware of living. And we're doing some work there and have been for some time. 
I'm talking about the good world. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. You do. Okay. Uh, I cannot stress enough how concrete, sensible, and practical, not to mention mind-expanding, this all becomes when one lives the multiverse life. Now, I'm coming up on a break here pretty soon, but Ben, uh, you weren't able to spend that kind of time with Grandma that I was that particular day. So what has your experience been with this particular uh, change in our lives? Well, it took a lot of time. Not, not a lot. It took me like a day or so until I got over because it, it was such a surprise. I mean, I was getting up and I was getting ready to go to school, and I was basically going out the door, and then John, my brother was just like, oh, like yelled at me from like upstairs, Grandma died, and I was just like, "What?" I didn't know what to do, so I just went to school. I went about my day. Yeah, I was really distracted and stuff, and I was just like, Ugh, "I don't really, I don't know what to do." It took me, it took me a while to get a grasp on what to do. So I just sort of, after a very, very long day at school, I came home, jammed with my friend, brought him home, came home, meditated, and then I just sort of, I saw my grandma. And she was just sort of like, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And then she just sort of wandered off. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, okay. that's been the whole thing. Uh, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, continue, we'll finish that story and get on to other matters of having to do with the family and the paranormal here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. Be right back after the break. Join Kimmy Rose on interviews Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Together as a community, we will embrace the challenges in life and find a way to experience heaven on earth. Spiritual teachers and Kimmy will bring you insight on how to change your life and embrace purpose. Interviews this Thursday night starting at 9. It's all about what's within you. I was sitting, waiting, wishing you believed in superstitions. They may be the signs. The Lord knows that this world is cruel and ain't the Lord. No, I'm just a fool and in love with somebody. Don't make them love you. Must I always be waiting, waiting on you? Must I always be playing, playing the fool? I sing your songs, I dance your dance, I gave your friends all a chance. Putting up with them wasn't worth never having you. Oh, maybe you've been through this before, but it's my first time, so please ignore the next few lines, cause they're directed at you. I can't always be waiting, waiting on you I can't always be playing, playing your fool I keep playing your part, but it's not my scene Want this plot to twist, I've had enough mystery Building it up, but if you're shooting me down, but I'm already down, just wait a minute. Just sit and wait Just wait a minute. Just sit and wait 
If I was in your position, I'd put down all my ammunition. I'd wonder why it'd take me so long. But Lord knows that I'm not you, and if I was, I wouldn't be so cruel. 'Cause waiting on love ain't so easy to do. Must I always be waiting, waiting on you? Must I? Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now two four eight five four five Soul. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back. And our theme tonight is the family and the paranormal, or the paranormal and the family. And we started with, as it happened, uh, a loss in our own family this week, a loss which, as we were explaining, really is not a loss. It's sort of an expansion of a relationship. And uh, it happened to be my mother, Ben's grandmother, and uh, we were just uh, yeah, discussing I, rather yeah. in simple ways what... Well, as I was saying, I mean, it's not like I just sort of was just... It's not like I was saying, oh, well, she's dead, whatever. Like, I still... Like I miss her a lot. I mean, everybody has a connection with a loved one, and there's no way that you're not going to miss them. You just be like, oh, well, lots of others, whatever. Because there's still like that person that's like missing from this world, and you notice it and feel it. But then, conversely, they're they're there. You're there with them in another world, and I know that it's still just very very hard to deal with until after the funeral's over, because then it's finally laid to rest. Pardon the pun. Yeah, and no, I mean it's, it's, just, it's true. You just move on quicker because we're we're we're, st- we're all still learning. Um, nobody has all the answers, and you know we we experience we experience maybe more than most people these some of these other other worlds that we live in. And she's there, and you never died in many, and and you know this thing life goes on in many many very interesting ways. But you still have the empty chair in front of your eyes in this this world where our consciousness resides. So, uh, grieve by all means. and uh, But realize that there is a there is a sort of hope that most of us don't imagine that there is. And a sort of perspective on this that is mind-expanding, soul-expanding, and very, very elegant and beautiful, I think. So, in any case, there we are. Um, not much more to say, I don't think, unless Ben has another insight on that. But no. uh, it's relatively simple. And that's how the uh, Eno family <laughs> deals with with a loss, and uh, that's what we sort of advise everyone to, as we say, start at the beginning as early as you can. If you want to cultivate, cultivate multiverse thinking, people have been listening to us talk about that and say that they're they're beginning to experience um, a lot of interesting things in their lives because of that. Maybe we're wrong, maybe we're right, but it does work for us, and certainly, apparently, for a lot of other people. Yes. So, uh, moving on here now to other matters that affect the family when it comes to the paranormal and the occult, uh, there are far more overtly paranormal factors that can affect uh, your family life, whether you're a student uh, or a parent or a child or whatever. Now, here's one of several emails that we have received 
uh, that can sort of illustrate what we're going to be uh, be talking about here. This is from it's called, uh, the subject Unpleasant Discovery, and it's from Joe, J-O, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, so Joe writes to us, I have listened to your show for two years and always look forward to your unique advice for families, and I really admire your father-son relationship. Well, thank you. Thank you. So you can imagine how upset I was when another upset parent from school told me that my son and her son are both in a witchcraft cult that meet, that meets in the woods near here. He is 15 years old and our only child. At first, I didn't believe it, but then I caught him sneaking into the house at 2, at two in the morning one weekend, covered with dirt and grime. There was a big fight, and he told me I had no power over him and that he had power over me. My husband travels a lot and really can't do anything, and the school officials say they can't do anything unless some laws are broken. So what do I do? Take it away, Ben. Well, you know, you're, what's well, your point of view? I have known children that have done this. Well, not, they're not children, but they were teenagers at the time that have done things like this, and people I went to CYO Center with who were Wiccans, quote-unquote, and it's just stupid. It's just ridiculous. Well, let's make a, di- a difference between the responsible, mature Wiccan religion, which to me is is... A good thing. It's very deep and spiritual. Very deep, and, and there's a spirituality I think we all but need the teenage there. Wiccans. But, you know, the the, the wanna, let's say wannabes. Yes, the kids, the, people who want, po- yeah. the kids who want power, who just simply don't understand what they're dealing with, and they want to mess with cosmic forces and have control over things because they feel like they don't have any control or whatever. But, yeah. Kids are impressionable, and they sort of get into these things where, oh, I want power. I mean, I went went through that stage like every other kid, but I just sort of dealt with it better than most. But, well, what would you do? As a parent, well, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how to deal with kids. So, Dad, what would you do as a parent? Well, okay, yeah, well, well that, that's uh, the logical question here. Uh, well, just before we go on to that, though, uh, one thing I would be aware of, too, is that Parasites. These are these. For those of you who are not familiar with what we're talking about, with parasites, parasites are cosmic entities who are responsible, in our opinion, for the folklore of demons and evil spirits and things like this. Even vampires, because they are what the Babylonians called life-sucking entities, life-sucking ghosts. I don't think they're ghosts. I think they're, they're, they're life forms are just as physical as ours in their own parallel worlds. But what they do is they apparently uh, live upon. Uh, the energy of negative energy of people. Now, I can't put my finger on what I mean by negative energy, but it, apparently they're very present or can be if all the other well, ducks they, are lined up. Well, people say that when you do negative things or say negative things, act negatively, you let out sort of strange beta waves with your brain. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. could feed on that. Who mm-hmm. knows? But yeah. they can influence and alter people's decisions if they let them. Now, say yeah. a teenager who is full of rage and angst and testosterone or estrogen, depending on the gender. <laughs> and so basically, they can they can take over your child if they say, "Yeah, I want power." And so that is also something to take into account. Like I have studies on uh, possession, things like that. Well, I haven't done studies on it, but I've read things about it. People being possessed by things. I myself have had experiences with possession, and it's just not a good thing. And it's all because people are just like, oh, well, I want power. And so they just sort of accept 
that they have to give up a little of their freedom to gain a little bit more power in this world they think that they have control over, but they really have no control at all. It all goes to the puppet master, which is the parasite. That's right. Yeah, and then they'll, they'll go after certain families. I mean, this kind of thing is tailor-made for them to move in and have influence, or worse, over a young person. Yes, and it's so, not just, quote-unquote, Wiccans or witch cults. And I hate to say it to Joe, who wrote us this letter, but this sounds to me... Uh, like this might be what's happening here. Yes. This does not sound like any kind of positive Wiccans situation. Wicc- Wiccans are, are very, uh, the ones I have known tend to be very selfless people. They, they would not come in to you and say, I have power over you and this sort of thing. Uh, very bad stuff. So yes. uh, to answer Ben's question at length here, uh, as a parent, uh, well, I guess in this particular field, I'm, I wouldn't be your ordinary parent. Uh, but if I put myself in the place of Joe here, I would be as frightened as she appears to be. Most parents don't know how to deal with this sort of thing. All they know is what they've seen on television, which is usually wrong, or what they've read in the newspapers, which is usually, of course, the worst possible side. of the, This is 30 years in the newspaper business talking. Uh, they very often will present a very bad side of you know, people, sacri- animal sacrifices, or strange cults, breaking ter- doing terrible things, breaking the law, and doing this sort of thing. So naturally, there's a lot of fear there on Joe's part, and I don't blame her. So what I'm going to suggest here is, of course, as, as Ben and I will agree, in, night and day, society is messed up. But it is what it is, and we have to deal with it, at least for now. Now, as I said before, the answers to these problems, like Joe's and, and her son's here, are, are best applied very early. So I'm going to, before we actually answer Joe's question, I want to give you a little background on what families should be doing, in our opinion. The solution begins with one word, and it's something that comes even before love, and that word is respect. 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 Begin before day one, and I'm particularly aiming this at anybody who's thinking of starting a family or has a very young family. Begin before day one. If you're a new parent, uh, new parents who are just expecting a baby, build selflessness and respect while the child is still in the womb. Be verbal. Express love and protection. Babies, even in the womb, are very aware of their multiverse lives. They certainly seem to be uh, for some time after they're born. This is why I do not trust my psychology teacher, who is a child psychologist. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say go with your well, gut rather than... Well, because he was just like, well, uh, talking to the kid in the womb, yeah, that's a big myth. That doesn't do anything. No, as if he knows. Once the child joins the family, establish predictability. This breeds security and what you do not want an insecure child in the 21st century believe me never give the child a reason not to trust you never lie to a child never make a promise unless you are absolutely certain you can keep it that's pretty iffy so best not to make any promises at all set boundaries and stick to them at the same time there is no reason to refuse any reasonable request from a child Spend as much time as you can with the child. You have nothing, nothing that is more important to do than that. Never allow name-calling in the family. Stomp on that immediately, the first time, and you, you can stop it. You can nip it. Never manipulate feelings to make a child do something. I get horrified, and you've heard this too, yeah. um, when uh, we're in a store, say, and you hear a parent trying to hurry a child along by saying, oh, bye, see ya. The child usually cries and follows the parent, but what has the parent said to the children without saying so in words? I'm willing to leave you. Awful. I mean, uh, 
Ben's uh, thanks. Uh, Ben's uh, older brother Jonathan. My son Jonathan uh, works in the uh, Toys R Us store, and and my goodness, the stories he could tell about the way parents treat the children and the damage they're doing without even realizing it's frightening. But you'd be surprised how consistency in all this can breed respect, and without respect, there can be no love. And you can take it from one who grew up in a one-parent family at a time when this was almost unknown. That can work, one-parent families, but a child needs both parents, you know, if possible. Uh, anybody who tells you otherwise is sadly mistaken. If it can't happen, it can't happen, but it should. And you know, people often ask me, what's the best thing a father can do for his children? Well, to illustrate the whole idea of the whole two-parent thing, I've answered on the air several times, the best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Everything else will come from that. Ben? Oh, I had something to say, but I don't remember what it was. Okay, I think <laughs> well, you were my well, age. Well, let me, I, think, I think I had something to say about... Um, oh, well, pipe in when you remember it. I probably um, won't remember it, but... Okay, wait, wait. Well, since we don't have much time before the next break, well, there's also something that parents can also do for their children, and that is, well, just straight up love them. Yeah. There's a lot of people that just sort of, oh, yeah, now I remember, hold yourself to the same, if if you hold your kids up to high standards, hold yourself to those same standards. So if you smoke around the kids, the kids will obviously start smoking. So using that as an example, if you're smoking a cigarette and you're like, kids, don't smoke cigarettes. More than likely, they're going to smoke cigarettes because you're smoking cigarettes. I've seen people do that. Yeah, I'm doing it, but you shouldn't. You know. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like don't, don't see as I don't say as I do, or something yeah. like that. Well, you know, going right along with that, one thing that bothers me a lot is language. People talk about civility today, but you know, I can't stand foul language. I just can't stand that those words are hateful. They they are full of disrespect. And they do not belong in any family. Family, sh- family home should be a haven of peace no matter what is going on around it. Anyway, we're going to take another break here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back to talk some more about the paranormal and the family and hopefully an answer Joe's question in just a moment. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No Boundaries. How the hell do we wind up like this? Why weren't we able to see the signs that we missed? Try to the tables. I wish you'd unclench your fists and unpack your suitcase. Lately, there's been too much of this, but don't think it's too late.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back. And our theme tonight is the family and the paranormal. And we're dealing, uh, we're working our way through a question from Joe in Indianapolis who discovered that her son is involved in a, an apparently very negative cult. Uh, much uh, outside of her knowledge, doesn't understand it, and there's there's a lot of tension about it, and there was a big fight about it, and what to be done. And I went through some background about what you should do in families from day one. What if you haven't done that? How do you? What's the answer when you come into the middle of a situation, in the middle of your family's life, and you have not established a lot of things that you should have established, such as respect? Uh, and if there was enough, res- I have to hate to say, hate to put it this way, Joe, but if there was enough. Um, respect and communication in your family this probably wouldn't have happened without your knowledge here so i'm just going to echo and ben has some more comments here but i was going to echo what ben was saying previously and that's that kids usually get involved in cults because they feel alone angry betrayed confused and it gives them a sense of power in a world where they have no control it seems like we all feel we have no control and as a parent I hate to say it, Joe, but you bear some of the fault for them uh, feeling that way, and so does your husband for not being as present as you say he is not. Uh, maybe a lot of fault. Uh, maybe you've tried, uh, but you have failed to create a home in which your son can feel secure, can feel that he belongs. Now, that's harsh, but I'm afraid that that's, that's where you have to begin working. All right. Now, he's at fault, too, obviously, because people are responsible for their actions. I'm not into blaming parents for the faults of the children, or in blaming children for the faults of the parents. People are responsible for their own actions, and that needs to be blazoned in stone across the lintel of every state legislature, every provincial legislature, every decision-making body in this world. And your son, not just you or your husband, has failed to contribute to a stable home. I would say this, and Ben will will add his own uh, wisdom after this, I guess. Don't argue. It's pointless to get into fights with your son about this. Now, you obviously are interested in the paranormal because you listen to this show, and you obviously care about this son or your son or your wouldn't have written. Share your interests with him because he's obviously interested in the paranormal too, even if it's in some negative or, or, or disturbed or, or un, uh, unattractive way. Make a connection. You can even use that to make a connection. Much may need to be healed in your family, but it's never too late to start building trust and respect. It's not easy. The longer you wait, the more difficult it can be, but it can be done. Spend time, and that includes your husband. Get him in there. Is there a common interest uh, between your husband and your son? You say he's an only child. I mean, there ought to be some kind. You ought to know him well enough to see if there's a common interest, and so should your husband. 
as you go, try to find out how negative this cult is. Don't be pressing him or pumping him for information. Again, Ben may have another point of view here, but uh, this is what I would say. And just you know, he 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 will as he builds trust, he will gradually, especially if you establish a common interest, will begin to share with you. Uh, if you're lucky, it will turn out to be some form of something salvageable like Wicca, not some kind of Satanism or some silly thing like that. Um, it may be a bumbling and spiritually immature branch or something that, that, that could be could be saved. Very often you find that a lot, I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but a lot of people have a lot of axes to grind, uh, particularly with Christianity, sometimes with Judaism. I've yet to run into too many other religions, but that's the problem. But especially Roman Catholicism. And I suppose that's because it can be a harsh kind of upbringing. And with all the scandals in the church lately, not just the Catholic Church, but all over the Christian world uh, and beyond, uh, we live in frail times and that kind, and that can breed a lot of contempt, and there might be some of that in there. Uh, but something basically positive that can be worked with, that's what you have to try and find in your relationship here. You have to uh, get clear what is your own belief system. As I say, I'm not sure what your religion is, but even if people belong to Roman Catholic Church, Protestant churches, Judaism, uh, the Muslim faith, I mean, they, they just a lot of them don't understand their own faith. I go into that in my last book, Turning Home. People who just don't understand their own faiths and think they do, but they don't. And again, as Ben was saying, and I earlier have to be on the lookout for parasites. And one thing I would look for are there any negative objects in the home, such as uh, black magic devices of some kind, uh, negative, even negative books of some kind. Has uh, he got a black robe in his closet or anything like this? I mean, these are all things you might want to uh, look at for clues to what's actually going on. Uh, Bannon, if you could add to that, please do. Okay. Um, don't force him to do anything. Don't directly confront him, because that'll just make things worse. See, now... If you make breakfast for him, have breakfast with him, and just have a nice plate talk, have a nice plate chat, develop some sort of relationship, as my dad said earlier, that would be better. After battling for four year, through four years of high school with my mother, I came to the conclusion that she was just trying to help. So don't worry, I was down that path too before, except I was not a cultist. And I have battled my mother on many occasions, and it was really bad. Yeah, we're not the perfect family. People think we're the perfect family. I mean, oh, God, you know, no. we're working on it. But, you know, we're lucky we have a special father son relationship. But, you know, we would agree on everything. I mean, this is, uh, Ben's right. I mean, this, this all takes work. Yeah, you can't, just, just don't run up to him and be like, I know you're in a cult. You have to just take it slow. Take it slow and don't force anything upon him that he does not want to do. That is just the secret to doing it. And also, show emotion. Don't just be a, rock of stone that's just like I do not I do not get out of the way kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Show your love. Don't 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 be don't be afraid to do that. Yes. It's important. You know, be real. Um okay Joe, just at this point that's about all we can say. Keep us posted here and uh let us know how things how things are going. But that that's our advice. Uh here's another email. Uh this is from a a a young person now. He puts scared kid is on the subject and it's uh, Travis from Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, so uh, uh, Travis writes, I'm a high school student, and I've made a terrible discovery that has really scared me. My parents, and a lot of parents in our neighborhood, are in some kind of dark cult where they sacrifice animals. 
I am not making this up. Some of some of the kind uh, kids are scared, and all of us are creeped out. And I'm talking. I'm afraid to talk to my parents, but things are getting weird. Wow. You know, I've heard this more than once. I've run into this surprisingly frequently over my 41 years of investigating the paranormal. And it's led me to the conclusion, along with a lot of other things, that very often you have young people who are twice as responsible as their parents are. Yeah. You know, and that, that really makes me nervous. It reminds me of an episode of The X-Files. What was that? Oh, um, it was like this entire town would take this like mutated tapeworm and they'd put it in certain people and like they'd be like chosen ones for or like hosts for these things and like I don't know but there was another one that had kids that found out their parents were in a cult yeah. and they were just they were really wicked confused and they were just like why yeah. and a bunch of satanists were running the school and unfortunately it's not just on TV it really happens so. I know uh, but this is another thing we deal with all the time here something weird is happening uh, here and, and what what um, what does Travis do? Okay, Ben, uh, you're of his age, probably, or around there. What, what, do you, what would your advice be for Travis? Uh, well, try and find out about the cult as much as you can, and make sure that it is not something that is... Well, they sacrifice animals, so that is really weird. I've run into that. Yeah, I don't yeah. I mean, know. I've actually run into this particular thing. Uh, it was here in Rhode Island. There was a whole neighborhood... Where the, the the older people, the the parents are supposedly responsible uh, adults. Adults, we're 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 doing this. I mean, you, you you couldn't make this stuff up. Well, what I would do was gather all the kids in the neighborhood and have a big talk with the parents, and voice your concerns to your parents, and ask them why. Like, why are they doing this? As much as as a, that, as much as you are afraid of your parents. You need to talk to them and get some sort of dialogue going where you can understand or further understand all of this and well more details as to how you found out would have been great but yeah and other weird activities they perform besides sacrificing animals but I realize that that was probably a little bit of a personal comment and you probably didn't want to say that on the air so that's, yeah that's well fine. we could invite Travis to write to us and fill us in we don't just say it on the air yeah I know. Yeah, but uh, you know, so in a way, Ben, we're looking at kind of um, doing from the young person's perspective what we were suggesting Joe do from the parents' perspective. You know, sit down, you know, have a, have a meal together, uh, try to get it, uh, try to make a connection. I think this is creepier than having your kid. This, doing yeah, this this is. Home. I mean, kids, you you almost um, expect them to try things that are new or even stupid sometimes. Yeah, but, but for, for a parent who's supposed to know better, I find this very disturbing. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. So, um, but all I would say at this point is what Ben said, and just, you know, try and make that connection. Travis, keep us posted. And I think Ben's right. Stick together with the other kids in the neighborhood. If they're scared too, you have uh, a certain safety in numbers. You have a certain um, access to many different points of view, because some of them may find out things you don't know or whatever. Uh, and, of course, uh, I... I find it difficult to believe that all the parents are involved in this um i would i would try and find out exactly uh, what's being exaggerated here because there may be some exaggerations and what uh, what might not be uh, exaggerated so that's what we would say uh, travis but again you know uh, give us a um uh, another shot in a week or so let us know how it's going or sooner let us know how it's going and what uh, 
what else we might be able to uh, to do for you. Uh, now, of course, there are other um, issues, of course, that deal with that hit families uh, really right between the eyes. We'll get we're coming up on another break, but we'll get uh, to that afterwards. And that what I'm talking about is when something weird starts to happen in the house, when phenomena begin to occur. Very often, these will be specifically designed to divide families. And we'll look at the reasons for that when we come back. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Hello, baby, hello. Haven't seen your face for a while. Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. 
And welcome back to our show on the paranormal and the family this evening. We've talked about a lot of different subjects, dealt with some really scary emails here, especially the last one. And we're coming down to the end of the show, unfortunately, but we did want to touch on the the issue of uh, not just uh, people finding out that other people are doing things weird to the family, but when strange phenomena begin to affect a home, it always affects the family, of course. And one thing we find is that when parasites, when negative entities are involved, very often they will deliberately attempt to divide the family. One thing that we hear all the time is that, well, gee, I heard my son talking to me, but he was swearing at me. It was his voice, but then he wasn't really there. Or, uh, you know, my my husband or my wife was was, was talking, or so I thought, and it was this, and I got mad because of it, thinking it was really her or him, and and all this sort of stuff. And this is, of course, classic textbook parasites pushing buttons in order to stir up negative energy so they can get stronger and get more to eat. That's how it works. So, uh, I think that when things weird are happening in your home, not to sound like Yoda here, when things weird are happening in your home, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's been a heck of a week uh, with everything, and we're real tired. You're, anyway, you're entitled to a weird. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Uh, what, what What do you do about all this? So, uh, bear in mind the paranormal is pretty much everywhere. But assuming uh, that something negative is going on, such as we've described, uh, things that are happening in the family can be the cause, and family dynamics can also be the solution. And what I'm saying by that is that when we have parasites involved in a situation, uh, what I'm thinking of, Ben, is that case in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Oh, yes. Uh, that you, you did some work on on your own. Yes. And you had a member of the family apparently dealing with Ouija boards, doing yeah, things was, that are negative, punching holes in space-time, letting anything at all in, and believing whatever they're told, which is a really big mistake. Then they block themselves away from the family. Exactly. So uh, we had some explanation, at least partial explanation, for some of the negative things going on there. And so sometimes it's not even that simple, but this was, this was a beginning to some clues at what, of what was going on. And the advice is of family dynamics can also correct the situation. As we have said several times on the show, try to build respect. Try to build communication. Realize that in the end, you really just have each other. And and the weirder and scarier things get, the more you come together, the less those things will become exacerbated. The more you come together... This and produce positive energy instead of negative energy. And again, I can't put any kind of scientific figure on what that means. Just that 41 years in the trenches has shown me that it works. When you bring in positive energy to, to, to displace the negative energy, that's when things start to get better. And if you start from day one to build a positive family, respect, love, and honoring one another, nothing can touch you. Things may be going on around you. Things may be in the background. You may have moved into a house where 85 people have you know, committed suicide or something, but it's, it, it's, it can't get to you if you have that positive defense. Yeah. Any further thoughts on that? Um, don't be stupid. Well, that's always good advice, especially with a paranormal. Don't yell at the parasites either because that does nothing. Well, yeah, again, well, you know, as I say, I, I often cite this, this example. I found out the hard way in 1974 in that really negative situation in Bridgeport, Connecticut that was all over the newspapers where there was a parasitical activity for parasites. And I, uh, one of my jobs in this case was to keep an eye on the, the child in the house to make sure she wasn't causing any of the phenomena. And as I was reading a prayer trying to diffuse a particular situation that was escalating in the kitchen and the living room, this uh, one of these entities, you could see the thing 
uh, kind of a very strange, almost gauzy shape, and this is where I felt physical presence of an entity across the boundary of the parallel world, whatever. This, this, was, this was no spirit here. But in any case, the thing uh, began to gain strength from my anger. I knew it was after the child. I uh, cared about the child. I became angry. The thing got stronger. And that's how I learned bitterly that you never get angry or emotional around uh, an entity like this uh, because all they'll do is get stronger. Okay, and we're down to four minutes here, but just one or two more points. Uh, did you have any more points on that, Ben? Cause... No, you can keep going. Okay. Um, now, again, you have to be careful in the family that someone else is not causing these things. Negative entities will jump on that, will farm the family, for lack of a better term, and by turning the family dynamics positive, that can be the solution. Stay together and nothing can hurt you. Um, okay, Ben, again, is uh, giving us advice here, too. Yeah. Uh, one thing the multiverse life, as we've described it, does is to show you what a waste of time petty, everyday concerns can be. Usually our lives are consumed in petty concerns. Uh, and sometimes you know, older people, young people get together and they're talking about each other. It's all so stupid. But that keeps us from seeing the stars. Yeah, it's a waste of time. One of the things we try to do in our family is to encourage high-mindedness. And multiverse life promotes that. It promotes unity and high-mindedness, where we cease acting like barnyard animals, and we come together in complete awe of what we are and of what we can be together. That really works. And the only reason we are confused, angry, and living unnatural lives separated from the earth and from each other we kind of stay in the cage. We don't. We, you don't want to do that. You don't live multiverse lives. That's why we're still afraid of ghosts. So anyway, that's our message for tonight. Um, again, our common life, a magnificent dance of elegance. Uh, we had a little news here from our friend Lon Strickland, but we don't have time to read it. Uh, I guess we'll just um, have to close out here with our, with our best, uh, our good thoughts uh, that we tried to present tonight. Okay, so all of our podcasts are available at our show website, www.behindtheparanormal.com, and they are also available at newskyradio.com. And also information about guests, past and future, behindtheparanormal.com, stuff we have coming up. And you sign up to be a reporter for our show, if you'd like, or to receive our newsletter. So many thanks to our, to our good producer, Will Kosnick. And we'll see you right here next Sunday, April 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, when Ben and I will welcome our good friend, Dr. Bill Burns, publisher of UFO Magazine and star of UFO Hunters, also producer of uh, Alien, um, I should say Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. Great guy. We're going to talk about reptilians. People have been after us to talk about that. Strange subject. Okay, so in the meantime, check out our New England Drive Time show. On Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, on WOON, 1240 AM in southeastern New England, and on ONWorldwide.com. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.